electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is the American Greed Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. In this episode of American Greed, New York City's housing crisis hits home. Tenants are not seen as human beings. They're standing in the way of dollar signs. The case of the landlord from hell. He cared nothing about making 23 families homeless. Stephen Croman rules a Manhattan real estate empire. More money, more property. He wanted it all. But prosecutors have other accommodations in mind for him. New York, a densely packed city of eight and a half million people, is a world capital of finance, culture, and cuisine. While many here take a stab at the American dream, few can find an affordable place to live. So New York has been in uh, a housing crisis for more than 100 years. All these people coming here, all these folks wanting to live here, how do you have enough affordable housing The government's answer is rent regulation. For regulated departments, rent can only increase a certain percentage every year, if at all, keeping apartments lower than the market rate. I am only here because of the rent regulations. If I didn't have it, I wouldn't be able to stay here. But unfortunately, what we've also seen is that a lot of landlords have abused the process. Tenants who live in rent-stabilized apartments have really paid the price. Among the city's most notorious landlords is a wheeler dealer named Stephen Croman. Steve Croman, he was always like at the top of all the bad landlord um, lists. Kim Barker is a New York Times reporter. And he, I think more than anybody, became like the face of what was happening in the city. Croman has come a long way from his South Orange, New Jersey roots. Real estate runs in his blood. Travis Hill is a prosecutor in the office of the New York Attorney General. I believe his father was in real estate, and so it was kind of the the family business. And he struck out on his own and wanted to build his own real estate empire. In 1992, the 26-year-old buys his first multifamily apartment building north of the Little Italy neighborhood, 221 Mott Street. Tenement buildings that are often more than 100 years old. These are the sort of buildings that are very attractive to a landlord like Mr. Croman. Where others see dreck, Croman sees gold, and the young man drafts a cunning playbook. Step one, persuade rent-regulated tenants to sell their lease for a few thousand dollars or a couple of months of free rent. It's called unlocking value. And how you unlock value is you push out who's ever living there, automatically you are allowed to add 20% to the rent just by getting somebody to leave. But for folks like Croman, that's not enough. What you can do is renovations. You then are allowed to increase the rent even more. Just a year after Croman buys 221 Mott Street, New York amends a law that for him is like manna from heaven. 
It places an upper limit on rent stabilization, stipulating that once an apartment crosses a certain threshold, currently about $2,700 a month. Pop, you know, you, you lose another one of these apartments to the free market. And suddenly, Croman can rent an apartment for as much as he wants. And I think he was one of the first landlords to see the combination of all of those things and what you could do with a building. So the building now has 18 units, and only two of them are regulated units. 221 Mott Street is just the start. Over the next 25 years, Croman expands into Chinatown, the Lower East Side, the East and West Villages, Hell's Kitchen, and Harlem building a real estate empire of more than 150 properties, from the East River to the Hudson. We have some estimates that he was worth upwards of six or $700 million. The Jersey boy treats his family to a lifestyle befitting his wealth. He converts a six-story multifamily apartment building on the Upper East Side into one of Manhattan's largest single-family homes. There is an interesting provision in the law in New York that allows for an owner to evict rent-stabilized tenants from a property if they intend to use the unit for themselves. Croman went about moving each one of the tenants out, some of whom were rent-stabilized and had lived there for years. Croman eventually settles with most tenants for an undisclosed sum, but his actions rankle others especially when they later find social media photos posted by Croman's close friends. They depict lavish parties in the city and the Hamptons. Parties like Studio 54 parties. We call them bacchanals. They're not parties. They're just so decadent. Life is good for Stephen Croman, but for tenants like Cynthia Chaffee, it's another story. She's an artist who moved into this rent-regulated apartment near the Gramercy Park neighborhood in 1978. I love the apartment because it was spacious. I liked looking at the sky, and I loved looking at the Empire State Building. When Croman buys her building two decades later, Chaffee says renovations start almost immediately. You are living in a combat zone. It's horrible. I got so sick from his renovations. This whole place flooded with dust. It was everywhere. I could still taste that dust in my mouth. Chaffee alleges Croman sometimes fails to maintain basic services and make repairs. We didn't have electric for two months one year, and then another year we didn't have gas for a few months. Then we've had water pouring through the bathroom ceilings. Chaffee says Croman won't acknowledge her rent payments and drags her to housing court for unpaid fees. Chaffee and other tenants claim frivolous lawsuits are just another form of harassment to wear them down and accept a buyout. What's wrong with this picture? We're all paying for Croman to get rich. Because what happens is he, he uses the courts and uses the harassment to empty these apartments out, and he is very successful at it. Croman denies the allegations in court filings and claims to strictly follow all government building regulations. He argues it's tenants like Chaffee who are the problem, standing in the way of badly needed repairs to century-old structures. Croman declined American Greed's repeated requests for an interview. 
Manhattan has many renters who say they're fed up with Croman's tactics. Robert Pinter claims to have experienced similar harassment in his apartment building. The Milwaukee native was thrilled to find a rent-regulated apartment in the East Village neighborhood in 1982. I loved the apartment when I moved in here. At that time, the neighborhood was, you know, not so nice. The neighborhood gentrifies over the next three decades. And then in 2012, Stephen Croman swoops in. Steve Croman bought our building, I think, a month before Superstorm Sandy hit. I always like to say that Croman's tenure of ownership here rivaled Sandy's ferocity and destruction. Penter says it starts innocently enough with renovations to the apartment above him. Then his closet collapses and dust pours in. I had to just grab my coat and run out of the apartment because I could not breathe. Everything was contaminated, the entire apartment, with dust. Pinter says workmen eventually placed plastic wrapping over the doors of apartments being renovated, but he believes his health was damaged. I ended up getting a cough. I went to see a pulmonologist, and I was diagnosed with bronchial asthma. While Pinter and other tenants believe renovations are aimed at making their lives miserable, Croman's office claims it's doing everything by the book to protect tenants. Pinter says most of his neighbors caved, accepting buyouts ranging from five to $10,000. It's almost like it was trying to soften them up and make people crazy enough that they would just want to leave. Pinter stays put. I didn't leave during that horrendous period simply because this is my home. New York landlord Stephen Croman takes in an estimated $63 million in 2014 with a portfolio of rental buildings stretching from one tip of Manhattan to the other. His personal properties include a 19,000-square-foot mansion on the Upper East Side reported to include two swimming pools and a Hamptons getaway known for parties so extravagant they fill up gossip columns and social media posts. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Save big money and start your spring project with help from Menards. We offer a huge selection of body plants, veggies, and herbs to plant at home and grow yourself. Right now, all four-and-a-half-inch Bonnie plants are on sale through May 5th. Head to the Menards Garden Center to get your garden growing and check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Meanwhile, his work crews are in the city causing toxic destruction in all of these buildings, causing suffering, and he's out there enjoying himself. 
The 48-year-old Jersey boy seems to have the world at his fingertips and shows no signs of slowing down. Jessica Addy is an assistant attorney in the New York Attorney General's office. Mr. Croman is an intense man. He is very focused on all aspects of his business. We've been told he opens every piece of mail. Croman is a perennial on lists of New York's worst landlords. So it's like dealing with the Wild West out there, and these landlords are getting away with doing whatever they want to do. Chaffee and other tenants form a grassroots protest group. Hello, New Yorkers. We are members of the Stop Croman Coalition. Our elected representatives must advocate for state and federal investigations of landlords like Stephen Croman and their questionable business practices that harass tenants from their homes and remove affordable housing from New York City. The Cromans must be stopped. Protests fall on deaf ears for decades until tenants bring their complaints to the office of the New York State Attorney General. A group of tenants asked to come in and meet with us. The things that they described were pretty disturbing. So disturbing that Jessica Addy opens a civil investigation into the allegations. In witness statements, former employees describe Croman pacing his spacious Broadway office. They say he offers up to five-figure bonuses for persuading tenants to take a buyout. He would be yelling things like, buyouts, buyouts, like some sort of cartoon villain. Tenants are not seen as human beings. They're standing in the way of dollar signs. We just have to get this thing out of the way, and then we can make all the money that we want to make. Though Croman is more than willing to confront tenants face to face, he unleashes a brawny private investigator and former New York City cop named Anthony Falconite. Stephen Croman referred to Anthony Falconite as his secret weapon. Anthony Falconite was the person who would go to the tenants and persuade, coerce, or threaten them into taking buyouts. Tenants tell prosecutors that Falconite bullies his way into units under false pretenses. I heard him described as a architect, a city inspector. He would gain entry into their apartments. Once inside, Falconite hunts for any impropriety that may force a resident into a buyout or an eviction. He'd photograph their bathrooms, their pill bottles, their mail. He would take pictures of them sitting there in their pajamas or partially dressed. They often said that he made them feel like criminals in their own home. It's very intimidating having a stranger and strong-arming you to leave your home. You're talking about shelter. You're talking about somebody's home. Falconite did not respond to repeated requests for comment. While Addie carefully builds a civil case against Croman, she discovers behavior that triggers a criminal investigation. Her colleague, Travis Hill, takes a deeper dive into Croman's finances. He discovers Croman has inflated his rent rolls to secure loans of more than $45 million. He definitely knew the rules, and if he couldn't get what he wanted through legal means, he would use fraud and, and deception to go about getting more money. On May 9, 2016, the Office of the New York State Attorney General indicts Stephen Croman on 20 felonies. They range from grand larceny to tax fraud. The scope of this enterprise was really unlike any other that we've seen in New York. Prosecutors also hit Croman with a civil lawsuit, suing him for forcing tenants out of their rent-regulated units. 
The charges are a long time coming for Croman's tenants. The day that he was arrested, we were relieved. It was the first time we were beginning to feel safe. Croman pleads not guilty. If convicted, he faces up to 25 years in prison. In May 2016, the office of the New York State Attorney General charges Stephen Croman with 20 felonies, including tax and mortgage fraud. Prosecutors also sue him for harassing and forcing rent-stabilized tenants from their homes. You could tell by the lawyers he hired to represent him that he took the charges seriously. But I don't think that he thought that he would end up doing any time. Croman's team of high-priced defense attorneys include Benjamin Brofman. Criminal cases have absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with the tenant harassment charges. They're very good advocates. They're very well experienced. They understand the law, they understand the issues, and they advocate it well for their client. Croman and the government spend the next year negotiating a plea agreement. Though Croman could face up to 25 years in prison, Prosecutor Hill feels the real estate mogul is eerily focused on the bottom line. He was always most concerned about how much money am I going to have to pay to get out from under this. On June 6, 2017, Croman pleads guilty to three felonies. So ultimately, what we got Stephen Croman for was him lying to the banks, falsifying documents on his loan application so that he could get higher loan amounts, and then also misrepresenting his income. All other charges are dropped. Croman agrees to serve one year in jail and pays a $5 million tax settlement for defrauding the state. It was unprecedented. It really was the first case of a landlord really being prosecuted for his real estate business practices and receiving jail time for that. I thought even one year was an extraordinary accomplishment. Landlords, they never pay a price for anything. And, and for him to go to prison, I thought, great. This is great. Some observers point out the criminal convictions don't have anything to do with how Croman treated his tenants. The fact that he got any jail time is something, but it's also something that he wasn't actually charged at all criminally with harassing tenants. He was charged mainly with financial crimes. Under the current law, we were not able to show improved tenant harassment beyond a reasonable doubt. We couldn't do that, and it wasn't part of the indictment. Croman still faces a civil lawsuit. He turns himself in on October 3rd, 2017, to begin serving time at the Manhattan Detention Complex. It's known as the Tombs. It's a dramatic fall from grace for a real estate tycoon worth an estimated $700 million. And yet, the 51-year-old hardly shows any emotion. His expression never changed from the day he was arraigned until the day he was sentenced and sent off the jail. His family never showed up, not for a single court date. Two months in, while Croman adjusts to his new surroundings, the New York Attorney General announces a settlement in the civil lawsuit. A consent decree requires Croman to pay $8 million to a tenant restitution fund, the largest ever settlement for an individual landlord. Croman also agrees to let an independent management company run more than 100 of his residential properties for five years. We sued Anthony Falconite as well. He's not allowed to have interactions with the tenants in Mr. Croman's portfolio. Falconite is never criminally charged. 
I will remember the Steve Croman case as a decisive victory for the tenants of New York City. We know that the battle doesn't end when we sign the settlement agreement. We're still very committed to making sure that he stays in line and that he complies with all the different terms of the agreement. A spokesperson for Croman's firm, 9300 Realty, sent the following statement to American Greed. We entered into a comprehensive settlement agreement with the state attorney general, which we are diligently implementing in line with our ongoing focus on using best practices to provide quality housing for our residents. Croman is released from the tombs on June 1st, 2018, after serving eight months. He's out of jail and running his business under supervision for seven years. Yet his critics feel Croman may resume business as usual. You think Croman's going to stop being vicious and greedy? I don't think so. I don't think he's been converted. I've prayed for his conversion, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the American Read Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.